Hi, and welcome back to another session here at the Net Zero Carbon Summit at FreightWaves. I'm joined right now by Esther Toth-Whedon of the Sustainable Freight Buyers Alliance. Esther, thanks for joining. My pleasure. So FreightWaves has been working with the Smart Freight Center, and we're excited to learn more about the Sustainable Freight Buyers Alliance. We are big fans here of the GLEC framework and frequently tell our our customers and listeners to explore it and get involved and start measuring their emissions today. But tell us a little bit more about your role and what this new initiative is. Yes, so indeed, um, most of the people probably know us, uh, know Smart Face Center about the GLAC framework, but we do many, many more things. And um, while we established our uh, name and, and in that sense, uh, also uh, uh, respect amongst companies um, with the GLAC framework, we were also asked by the companies to do more and empower them more and provide them more guidance and also to bring together existing initiatives. Because what we have seen is that the companies are really overwhelmed with the growing number of initiatives and, and solutions, because luckily there are solutions out there to decarbonize freight. So they needed guidance uh, to, to uh, find their ways uh, around those initiatives and also to make sure that we are working together, initiatives are working together better. So that was the very original idea of the Sustainable Freight Buyers Alliance to bring together existing initiatives and, and also to consolidate uh, the discussions we are having with the same companies and also to bring together companies to make sure that they can work together uh, and, and decarbonize freight faster in collaboration. Words that I love to hear in, in this subject, faster and in collaboration. What's been the reaction from industry and how, how many new companies have put their hands up to, to kind of join the fold? Yeah, so we have started the discussions with um, uh, about 25, 30 companies around uh, last year uh, throughout the summer to see what is it exactly what they need, what is it what we could really uh, supply to them. And that's when we really came down to uh, three areas of, of support. First of all, we heard from them that, yeah, when they need to uh, or want to uh, co create concrete collaborations, we heard from them that they want to have um, projects uh, run together jointly, kick off existing projects, scale up existing projects. So that was became one of the cornerstones. Another one became um, unlocking procurement uh, and and you know establishing uh, support for uh, um, procurement uh, decarbonization and and different tools um, and different elements um, of the solution pathways. And the third one is also, of course, to make sure um, everything is being checked. And you asked who is involved. The companies who we discussed this skeleton um, and presented this skeleton at COP last year, um, then we, we, we were about 25 companies, but then we narrowed down um, to this group to seven companies who are really at the forefront, uh, forefront of, of uh, freight decarbonization. And uh, we work with these seven companies in the past uh, uh, seven months um, to really work out the details. What will be the governance model? What will be the, um, the exact toolbox, uh, uh, toolbox look, look like? So we worked basically every week uh, um, having uh, um, workshops and, and working out the very details. And now we are running up with these seven companies towards uh, the Smart Freight um, a week, uh, which will be in uh, Rotterdam uh, during the week of 9 of May. And uh, we basically, um, we have consulted also uh, a bigger group of companies besides these seven, about, let's say, 40 other uh, shippers on the way and also other stakeholders, other initiatives, of course, 
and um, and logistics service providers and carriers. So they all know what we have been working. They have been also giving some feedback on the way. And they all wait for us now to actually have the sign up for online, uh, which is uh, just now available. So um, uh, this means that we can still um, gather more members who actually will come together uh, for the Smart Freight Week and have the first um, Sustainable Freight Buyers Alliance uh, in-person meeting. That's really, really exciting. And it makes so much sense. You know, when I think about the state of the industry and everybody wanting to pilot new technologies, carriers saying, okay, which one of my shippers wants to pay for this new solution? We'll do it if you want us to. Shippers saying, no, we need not just one and two. We need hundreds at the same time as fast as possible. It's really crucial to have an organization like Sustainable Freight Buyers Alliance helping shepherd the crowd kind of in the right direction. And it's encouraging to hear even you shrunk the initial member pool down to a focal point of smaller groups of really influential companies. I'm sure many of our um, you know listeners would know a lot of these, these names, their household names, I'm sure. But you have to start small. Talk to me a little bit about like when you focus small, you lay a firm foundation and then you can start inviting people. And that's when you start to reach tipping points over time. And I'll throw another wrinkle in that in that question. Since you guys are based in Amsterdam, and I'm sure much of the focus is on European freight, talk to me a little bit about potential future overlap with North American freight markets and maybe even some of the differences and why there might be challenges in collaborating over overseas compared to here in North America. Yeah, so in the North America and, and Europe are the focal points where we see the current seven companies really want to focus on um, uh, in terms of establishing collaborative projects. Um, and um, basically the availability of, of, um, of enabling subsidies, the availability of the technology. So all of the things show still these two prominent areas um, where action can take place, right? And it's important that when we are starting something very new, then you start with something which you can bring into success relatively fast, Right. So that's that that is the, also the reason why the initial projects, these collaboration projects, will uh, focus on these two areas. And so, indeed, uh, we are looking into uh, some European projects and some projects uh, in the US as well already. Um, I will not go in details on the projects, but in mostly the technology is around indeed uh, uh, um, electrification, uh, road freight electrification. Um, meaning also collaboration, how um, 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 a joint procurement of uh, trucks can take place, but also uh, how um, jointly they can establish uh, charging stations, which which are very big investments, of course. And um, the good thing about the big companies is that they very easily get overlap in their supply chains. And also these seven companies are somewhat... uh, indeed uh, aware of that as well, that they have, um, they focus areas um, and, and, and hotspots are in slightly similar areas or, or port regions, for example. Um, so there is a, a good level of alignment of where and what they should be doing. And they also can't wait indeed uh, to, to go bigger and engage other companies uh, in these projects. But indeed they have in, the, uh, in that sense that um, um, advantage of the initiator that they will be the first ones uh, suggesting the project. Um, what else I wanted to say about this? <laughs> I think uh, you asked about the seven and then extending. 
I think what is important is that um, we will start indeed with some small projects, uh, or not small projects, but re- projects which can uh, go relatively fast. And what we want to see is that we will be able to identify patterns, you know, related to a solution. Um, what are the enabling policies around there? Can we actually advocate for those policies elsewhere as well? Once the, it is has been proven those and, and uh, that those policies are enabling factors, important enabling factors for the project. If we want to bring those projects as well um, elsewhere, then we may, might need to um, promote those policies and ask have those concrete policy asks put forward by SFBA companies in the future. So it will be um, a very interesting process of of um, evolution uh, coming from the first projects. You know, what are the things we can duplicate? What are the enablers we can put forward being that policy request or billing that, you know, certain requests towards uh, OEMs or, or solution providers? And then we can do much faster projects in the future once we have these templates. Very, very good and very encouraging. And you're right. We do see, you know, the tailwinds continuing to blow. We've got supportive policy in many places. We've got willing corporates, you know, asking for these solutions. And now we've got hopefully breakthrough technologies that allow fleets to adopt a lot of these new solutions to decarbonize quickly. Can you talk briefly about, I know you can't mention specific projects, but is there an archetypal um, or an example of a high level project? Is it all, you know, electrifying trucks and ports? Is there multimodal opportunities? We know road is a big emitter, but what about aviation and shipping? Like, where's the focus in this first round for SFBA? First round is definitely on road and sea freight. And um, um, we are, we'll definitely go uh, multimodal as well and 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 and, uh, and look into, indeed, um, uh, look into other solutions as well. But besides electrification, we are talking a lot about these projects related to uh, biofuel use on different modes of transport. We are now working on this alone. So Smart Freight Center wants to create a center of gravity where we don't just bring together the, the freight buyers, but we bring together also initiatives. Uh, so there are luckily plenty of initiatives which are working on road and and uh, uh, air freight, uh, sorry, and then the ocean freight decarbonization, and they will bring their projects as well. So we will channel further access to those um, uh, projects as well, not just to the projects which are coming where where the shippers themselves or the logistics service providers or the carriers are coming up with. So there will be, let's say. Um, uh, multiple channels uh, which can, you know, bring in projects on the platform of the Sustainable uh, Freight Buyers Alliance. When we fast forward to 2030, 2025, some of these near-term goals that a lot of these firms have, how confident are you that we're going to get there? And is there a number in mind that maybe some of these these corporate members have? Is there a reduction target for this group? Or that's two questions. Is there a reduction target? And how optimistic are you that we're going to make the progress we need to? Um. We defined um, a sustainable freight buyers alliance charter, and that's a sort of aspiration for all the members, but it's not something compulsory uh, to sign. So the aspiration is to uh, ensure 50% emission intensity reduction by 2030, where the base yarning is not older than 2015. Now, the number of companies who can fulfill that requirements is, is quite limited. Uh, a lot of companies um, have uh, luckily already put net zero targets for 2050, and that is, you know, the, the target in general for SMB as well to ensure 
uh, net zero at least by 2050. Uh, but um, indeed, uh, the 2030 target is uh, the 50% intensity reduction target or a 30% absolute emission reduction target. And what we see is, is that uh, different sectors have different uh, limitations. So um, while there are sectors where this decarbonization target is possible, um, other sectors can't make this happen. So in SFB, this is the sort of the target companies should be heading to. I talk to companies which say, I can't make that target right now. I, I really, I can't sign up the SFB charter, but please keep it like that because this is the, the golden star which I should be discussing with my management. This is where I should be heading to. So that's the target out there. It's not compulsory to, uh, to, to sign the charter for SFBA members because we, we really want to make it as um, inclusive as possible because what matters is that if we have a good project in a part of the world where there is even a small organization which just starting its, you know, um, with decarbonization, but they are there physically, their supply chain is dependent on that solution or that area, then they should be able to join it, even without having science-based targets set, even without having, you know, any, any kind of uh, target set. If they are in the right place at the right time and they can help to kick off certain collaboration, that's what matters. But what we do do is is um, an expectation from as uh, um, from the members that within twelve months they are able to provide reporting. They're able to also uh, demonstrate action that we uh, expect. But again, we do give some lead time for that, which uh, if necessary can be slightly extended as well. Great, and and um, it's encouraging that a lot of that's voluntary because we know that some of it's not going to be voluntary fairly soon in different regions and geographies, even the SEC here in America. Right, we've got climate disclosures coming. So as you said, start reporting and demonstrate action are two things people should be doing right now. And I kind of I kind of like to think of it as a race. Um, right, we're all racing to zero. That's the target and. It's encouraging to tell somebody, look, if you've been on the couch for years, you don't have to run a marathon tomorrow, but in 30 years, you need to be able to run that marathon. So let's let's get off the couch and walk and do a 5K. Let's watch our neighbors going and doing a half marathon. Okay, maybe we can try to keep up with them. So, But the point is get off the couch and do something. And it's encouraging to see that there are leaders in this space that are trying to bring the rest of the industry along because it's just so, so, so important and so urgent. Yeah, and, and, and you know, um, Tyler, what we see is that um, what these companies, bigger companies, realizing that this is not anymore a competitive advantage. This is not something that they could just keep themselves and I will do this project and I will be famous with it. Uh, no, they realize that I could do this, but actually if I do with more companies, I could do it faster and I could make a bigger impact. And that recognition is the one which is going to change the rules around collaboration, right? They say that you cannot change the world by paying by, by, by the rules. So we really are, what we're doing here, changing the rules of collaboration. I'm excited to get you guys back on the, the show, Net Zero Carbon, later this year, get an update, especially after Smart Freight Week. I know that many of our listeners will probably be attending the Future of Supply Chain in Northwest Arkansas, which is FreightWave's first big live event that we've had in a long time. But uh, I know that it's going to overlap by a few days at the end. So hopefully we'll get to see some press releases and some positive results coming out of that group. We look forward to it. Great. Thanks for joining us today, Esther. And thanks for the work you guys are doing. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity.